Hello, welcome back to Shop Talk with the Sheriff. I'm Sheriff Gregory Tony here at the Broward Sheriff's Office. Today, we have another special guest joining us to talk about some of the community activities we have and projects and even crime enforcement when it comes to one of our more predominant crimes, burglaries, uh, here in Broward County. Uh, first of all, let me talk a little bit about uh, one of our units that we have in our specialized components, our burglary apprehension team. Uh, it is comprised of detectives, who work and go out and really take on an aggressive tone towards tracking down individuals who are breaking into residents, breaking into cars, committing thefts, uh, and also, you know, working in organized crime schemes. Oftentimes people think that burglaries are random, but not all of them are. So what I wanted to do today was bring live from the field, one of our detectives to come in and talk a little bit. One, I'll let him introduce himself. And then we're going to go over some of the things that we are really um, focused on in terms of his unit and what they're doing right now inside the burger unit. So uh, without further ado, I'm super happy uh, and honored to be able to bring in this young man, Detective Michael Merrill, who's been with the agency for four years now, been within the unit for four years now, comes out of a way by way of Pembroke Pines, where he did six years as a law enforcement officer. And then I joke with him. Uh, he saw the light and said, let me put on the green. And so we're proud to have him. Detective Merrill, talk a little bit about introduce yourself to the community, and then we'll dive into the the what bat responsibility is. Yeah, sure. Uh, Detective Mike Merrill, um, like the sheriff said, I've been here for four years now. Uh, about year two with bat. Um, really happy to be here. Exciting unit. Um, you want me to just dive right in on what we do? Yeah, sure. You know, let's let's just hit this thing as, as natural as it can be. We're just having a conversation today. Yeah, absolutely. So um, that kind of started, as you know, with residential burglaries. Um, that was the hot topic, maybe 2014 to 2016. Uh, things have kind of scaled off a little bit. And uh, our, our criminals kind of look for crime of opportunity. What's the easiest way to, uh, you know, make money? What's the easiest way to commit crime? And it kind of uh, turned more into vehicle burglaries, which, you know, uh, the car hoppers where they walk through neighborhoods, grab and unlock doors. And those unlocked uh, cars kind of started turning into, oh, wait, the keys are in the car. So those keys being left in the car started being like, well, oh, we don't have to just steal this wallet, steal this guy's cell phone. We could take this guy's car, too. And that trend has turned into this whole ring of high-end auto thefts um, where people's high-end vehicles are being stolen and the stolen vehicles are being sold uh where these uh, criminals are able to make a lot of cash very easily on these cars. You know, today we had a chance to talk about this in a press conference uh, to engage the community, to inform them, to advise them how this pattern and this new crime trend uh, where they, it really, it, it's a sad thing that's occurring, but the community can help. They can actually help mitigate some of this stuff. Talk about some of the educational things that you would want to share with the residents uh, as you're trying to get them to help, reduce this crime? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, a lot of our, our, our victims are unfortunately in high-end neighborhoods where sometimes it's gated communities where they have a little bit of a false sense of security where, hey, I'm in a gated community. My vehicle is safe. Um, I could leave my car. I could leave my fob in my car. I could leave my uh, fob in my garage, the vehicle in the garage with the fob in it. Um, so just some, a simple message to the public would just be, hey, lock your vehicle, remove the property from your vehicle, um, even if you're going to run in and out, just grab the key fob with you. If you're gonna, even if you lock your vehicle up in your garage, these guys are sophisticated enough that they'll even try to make entry to your garage and start your car. 
So just, just a simple tip is just remove the key fob, just one quick, quick simple step. Um, that'll alleviate your car from being stolen. These guys are looking for crime of opportunity. They look for an easy unlocked vehicle that they can start up right away and pull it out of the driveway in 15 seconds. If you lock your car, take the key fob out. They're going to move on to the next house. Hey, they may even move on to the next neighborhood, which is either way out of the area or whatever. They're going to keep moving on and you won't end up being a victim uh, to one of these crimes. You know, earlier today, you were giving me some stats and just really about the remarkable work you all been doing uh, coming off the end of 2020. And I think it was 174 arrests uh, was one of the figures that were highlighted. And you all really helped recover roughly 69 vehicles. And the projected financial loss was $4.3 million. Yes. That's astonishing. I think most people have no idea what's occurring out here when it comes to now these high-end vehicles are being stolen. Uh, and it's very easily uh, being done based on what you're saying. What type of cars are we talking about? You know, are we talking about some, we don't sound like we're talking about some Honda Civics out here. Not, absolutely not. The, there, There's actually a specific uh, vehicles that they are looking for, uh, high-end Range Rovers, high-end Mercedes-Benz, Porsches. Um, as you saw, we had a McLaren stolen, a $380,000 Lamborghini Urus. Um, and, and these guys can get 20 to 30 grand in cash on the street for something as high-end as like a Bentley or a Lamborghini. So they know, they know they're targeting specific vehicles because they're easier to sell on the black market. And, and that's just something that they're going to continue to do because, you know, at a, at, if you see a young, a young group of males or young group of females that they can make an easy five to 10 grand a night on someone else's Range or Mercedes Benz, they're going to keep doing it. They're going to keep yeah. doing it until, until we as the public uh, can or, or as law enforcement could just kind of move this trend into a different direction. Yeah. You know, one of the things I'm, I'm curious to get your insight on is. Uh, you know, the investigative uh, practices, without giving too much, you, you know, we have to be uh, cautious about what we release. Uh, but, you know, I've had a chance to see how we have been able to use aviation um, over the last, you know, couple of years to help us, you know, ha have success. You know, what's your thoughts about that? And, you know, what benefit have our aviation folks have been able to provide you when your boots on the ground? Yeah. So at least for us, um, you know, you, you know, that the numbers of guys in our unit, any resource that we can get is, is helpful just because of how quickly, how dangerously these situations can take. Um, you got a group of young offenders driving a stolen vehicle. Uh, they're going to drive it very reckless and uh, to try to take that car down safely and to minimize any damage or get this, this victim's vehicle back without damage. We need all the resources we could get. And aviation is just one of those assets where we can, you know, kind of sit back and, and uh, let them do their thing, let them call it, call it from the eye in the sky. And, and, and we could let this vehicle land in like a softer location to where um, the takedown can be, you know, no injuries, no damage, no risk, and a successful uh, apprehension. Well, look, that's, that's excellent to hear. You know, our aviation unit, we broke discipline, broke up the disciplines uh, when I came in creating a law enforcement dedicated group and also EMS and I'm happy to hear that you're using those tools as you need them. You know, one of the things uh, when we start talking about technology, uh, how important has LPR readers, license plate readers been? You know, there's also tracking mechanisms that are embedded in some of these cars. Like, you know, these high-end cars, uh, you know, the old um, OnStar type of thing. Is that helping you at all? So technology is always a factor in, in how we uh, use each investigation to try to solve these cases. 
Um, when it comes to LPRs, that that you you can never get enough of those. That is just a, a phenomenal tool. Um, that you know, I won't go too deep in detail how how beneficial it is and, and what exactly they do, but it's just a great asset to have. Any more that we could add would would always be great. Um, and then I'm sorry, what was your second question? And then just the the baseline technology that's being embedded in vehicles. Uh, to help GPS tracking and if they are, are they disabling these or is that still working? So, so these guys are sophisticated when it comes to tracking. Um, Most of the cars we find uh, these guys are already pulling the GPS out, out of uh, the victim's vehicle. And they know right away that, 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 that's what we're looking for. Uh, But Hey, uh, LoJack still works. OnStar still works. Sirius XM still works. Uh, That stuff's there. These guys have got a little bit more sophisticated to where, uh, they know we're looking for that. They know we're, we're hunting them down on that. Um, but that's okay. You know, we're, we always got different resources, different techniques. If there's no GPS in that victim vehicle, we're going to find another way to track these cars down. Are we seeing most of this take place in, you know, residential communities that are gated or non-gated have any, any difference there, or is it pretty much the same? So, uh, Based on the investigations that we've been handling, I, I like to think that these guys are looking for the easiest opportunity that's going to come to them. And that's going to be a, uh, a high-end community without gates, uh, just because it's easy access for their vehicle. Uh, they could drive in, search every up and down each street, look for the target that they need to find, uh, and move on. Now, like I said before in the beginning, uh, we don't want our, our the public to feel like just because they're in a gated community, that's some uh, false sense of security. These guys will park their their car outside the gate, walk in on foot, and steal the vehicle they need to steal. We've also had incidences in the city of Parkland where the entire community is gated, and these guys were able to find a pathway next to the fire station off of Hillsboro and drive that vehicle through, uh, enter the community steal their vehicle and go right out the exit gate. So the gated communities are not gonna stop these guys. They're gonna work their way into wherever they feel they need to work their way. Um, but I would say that if you're in a community without a gate, that's gonna be an easier target uh, for these guys. But the message is the same. Minimize all the, the key fobs, the keys, properties in the vehicles, parking garage openers. Okay, excellent. You know, one thing that I know your unit does uh, repeatedly is established very good working relationships with local municipals um, and other detectives to help mitigate this harm to the community. H- how are those relationships with our counties to the south and north of us? Are we partnering up? Are we doing anything with Palm Beach, Miami-Dade? Mutual aid agreement uh, in effect from Miami-Dade County to Port St. Lucie. Um, and that allows us to have working relationships uh, with both, all those agencies. Uh, Palm Beach actually has a task force that is also a burglary apprehension team uh, that we work very close in hand. And then in the municipalities in Broward County, such as Coral Springs, Fort Lauderdale, also have teams that kind of tackle the same type of crimes that we do. Um, when it comes to personnel, we can never have enough guys out there. I mean, that's just, it's just a, an important thing to have a successful and safe apprehensions on these crimes. Uh, the more detectives out there working the case, no matter what agency they're from, it's always going to be a successful outcome when it comes to that. Perfect. And, you know, we just embedded our, our Titan unit out there uh, and, and having SWAT available. So make sure you all are using that resource. Uh, you all are listening in uh, to Detective Michael Merrill of our burglary apprehension team. It was a pleasure having him on today, giving you an update on what he does for a living. I mean, he is literally on the road. I'm looking at him right now uh, out here, keeping us safe, protecting this community. So I want to say thank you once again for joining us. You be safe out there. 
uh, and we'll be sure to make sure we do the administrative things to help support you. And thank you for joining me uh, for the entire audience. Thank you for joining me here on Shop Talk with the Sheriff. Remember, you can follow me on Instagram at BSO Sheriff Tony. It's not a stunt double. It's me. Also, you can subscribe to the podcast so that you get alerts for every new episode. So stay safe, be humble, and love somebody a little bit more than you love yourself. Sheriff Tony, signing off.